there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Off and running here on a Friday. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Busy three hour program lined up today. Heavy, heavy with the National Football League. And uh, we'll run down the entire slate. A couple of really good guests on the program today as well. Gilles Gallant's going to join us. We'll go over some player props that he likes. Uh, in week six, and Adam Chernoff with his usual 30 minutes. Love having Adam on the program. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on on the show. Last night was a really good night in sports. Really, really good night in sports. Um, and the NFL game, it's a shame. The Thursday night, they can't catch a break because that was a dud yet again. I do think the Bears-Commanders last week was pretty good. That was entertaining. Yeah. So many points scored, high-flying. But last night, 19-8. to And yes, there was some shenanigans, Paul. I mean, how was that not a more comfortable win for Kansas City slash cover for people who bet them. And at some spots, by the way, that was hovering on 11 yesterday. So that's pretty ridiculous when you look at the yeah. overall numbers and the way that that game ended and how it boiled down. The, the Broncos did nothing in that game. They had fewer than 200 yards. They were outgained by 200 yards in the game. And uh, somehow, some way, KC, they were paying their rent inside the red zone. And it is just, I, I mean, I... I know that you have Chiefs fatigue. I still think that they're, well, not this year so far, but in general, they're wildly entertaining. I love Reed. I love Mahomes. But c- cut out the Mickey Mouse nonsense and the short yardage uh, situations. Yeah. What are we doing here, folks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going on three years where they have been horrendous on third and short. 
just horrendous. Like, worst team in the league, third and short, which doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I like what you said before the show. You compared them to the Warriors. You know, the Warriors had all these great teams, but then it would just be behind-the-back globetrotter basketball and silly turnovers. Yeah. Uh, there was a good tweet about, yes, he's one of the best coaches ever, but once in a while he'll coach a game like he's being extorted. And that was last night. The tush push on fourth and two? Who would ever think it's a good idea to take the ball out of Mahomes' hand? Yeah. It, you know, it, goes, it goes back to the AFC title game when they threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to Tyreek Hill. It didn't take the points. Uh, and then you're running the zone read with Tony on third and one. I mean, it's to the point now where they know they're so bad third and one. That's where they tried the gadget stuff, and it always blows up in their face. But I That should have been an easy win in cover. Yeah, what you just said, that's exactly what my brain is telling me every single time they do something like this. It's like, guys, it's not only once that you're doing this. It's now twice and a third time last night where you're going to say to the best player in the league, nah, we don't want you taking the ball under center. We're going to do something tricky and as a gimmick play and a gadget to see if we can throw them for a loop here. And Mahomes, we don't want you to have the ball in your hands. Like, what, what are we watching? Why would you do that over and over and over again? I, I, I don't know. I'm baffled watching this team play. And oh, by the way, I know defensively they were really good again last night. Mahomes actually said this, so I will credit him. He said, if it wasn't for our defense, we would not be winning games, basically. And when you look at the overall resume on this team so far, I know it's five straight. So for those of you who bet that longest winning streak, it got there, right? There you go. Last night. But I'm going to just point this out. Their wins so far on the year, are they really that impressive when you consider who they've beaten? Eh, Maybe they're bored. Uh, I think they'll they'll be in the AFC title game. He's just too good. The defense continues to play great. There, uh, you know, he's got to cut out the silly interceptions. I'll say that. Oh, Paul. But I mean, I mean they're, they're pro athletes, so they knew once they took the field, they were winning the game, and they weren't going to lose to Denver. And also, as we talked about yesterday, Denver's giving them fits. The last that's five meetings in a row. The games have been tight, uh, competitive going into the fourth quarter. So it didn't look pretty. You still have to figure out. Uh, I like what Gon- Gonzalez, he actually made a good point for the first time ever. Gonzalez at halftime saying someone has to step up to help out Kelsey. And who's going to be that, that go-to guy uh, to help out this offense? But, you know, it's not going to matter if the defense is going to play this well because they're going to continue to win games and do it and, and flip it. So they've done this before. They went to Tennessee a couple of years ago and got embarrassed and I think scored three points. And then they went to overtime last year against Houston. As I mentioned yesterday, almost lost both games to the Broncos. So you don't apologize for winning in the NFL. So five and one, and now the Chargers come to town. He's twenty-eight and three in the division. Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. Okay, so far the wins again. They lost in Week One to the Lions. Lions are really, really good. We all know that. They defeated Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence and that offense. They left a lot of points on the board in that game. They beat the Bears and Justin Fields when it was just a complete mess. They struggled to beat Zach Wilson and the Jets. That game came down to the wire. They struggled to put away Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And last night, somehow, that's a one-score game against mm-hmm. an off. I don't even know what I'm watching with the Broncos. They're so bad. Yeah. So those are their wins. I, I, clearly, I'm not going to tell you, Paulie, that I'm writing this team off. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. That would be idiotic. But when I'm watching, here's what I will say about the Broncos last night. That game early on reminded me last year of Commanders against the Eagles. There is a formula where when teams watch the film, I think that they can have a big-time takeaway from what Denver did last night and also what Denver has done to this team in previous years. And when you look at the upcoming schedule for KC, can the Chargers do this? 
not so sure because of who the head coach is. Mm-hmm. Can the Dolphins do this? Maybe. It depends on. I'd like to have that team with A-chan right now. Can the Eagles do what I'm about to say? Absolutely. And that is ball control, five, six, seven yards a, a, you know, at a whack on the ground, and you take seven, eight minutes off the clock, and uh, you, that's how you beat up this defense, and you have the ball for long, sustained drives, and Mahomes in the offense, they're not exactly clicking on all cylinders. I think there was, again, not maybe just last night. They, they show glimpses in the game. But if you go back and look at what the Broncos have done to this Chiefs team over the years, that's how you can do this. Mm-hmm. And that's watch what the Eagles will do, the, do to this team. I don't know if the Eagles will beat them, but that's, that's going to be the Eagles' game plan. Yeah. Hey, guys, we can get five, six, seven yards of carry with our offensive line. Why would we throw the football? We you don't know, need to. You notice they never run, have they yet to run a quarterback sneak since Mahomes got hurt two yeah, years ago right. in that Denver game. That's another thing that hurts them uh, uh, in short yardage. But to, to me, it's also what's gone on in Denver and how bad this is. I mean, what Russell Wilson is awful. Some of those plays, what they were running. How about the third and four stuff? The well, third and three rollout. The, oh. please, please tell me you're going to say the same thing about the execution and the oh. play calling. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No the, question. The, the, the game plan designed by Peyton last night was pure yeah. trash. How about Sean Peyton forgetting what down it was? The timeout before halftime was atrocious. Mm. He didn't know what down it was and owned it after the game. I mean, you, you handed Kansas City a, a three, free three points there. I can't believe he did that. He thought it was third down. The Broncos, what they gave up for Wilson and Sean Payton. Three first-round picks, three second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, five years, 245 and 165 guaranteed for Wilson, five for 100 for yeah, Payton. Yep. Oh, and, and basically, Andrew Brandt, who has been a, you know, he was with the Packers organization for a long time, he tweeted this out last night by crunching the numbers. He basically said the first time that uh, the Broncos can get out from under this contract without being absolutely murdered with the cap space and the dead money would be 2026. Well, here comes the fire sale, too, now, right? Clark's going to be gone. They're going to get rid of Judy. Judy probably Maybe the way Sutton. I mean, what is, yeah. what's this team going to look like next year? What they're going to And I also will say. Does he have the patience for this? Did he know that it was going to be this ugly? I can't imagine he did. But him calling out Hackett, I mean, this is just as bad, if not worse. The, the guy could have had the pick of any job in the yeah, NFL. Peyton. Could have waited for the Chargers. Yeah, that, that should come available, too. But how long till we see Stidham? That's got to be the next move, mm-hmm. right? Well, remember, there, there was a prop on the board, and there still is, globally speaking, like who's going to be the first quarterback to lose their job, not because of an injury? Michael Lombardi on this network's been saying it's probably going to be sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Short leash. Well, the old heave ho. It, it's got to be. This is the, that's got to be the next thing that, that happens here. Yeah. Can I point out? I want to go back to the INT that you said too. I'm glad you said that, Paul. Terrible throw. Do you realize that there are? I'm gonna I'm gonna ballpark this between 26 and 28 other quarterbacks in the league who would get eviscerated for that throw. Maybe even I don't even know if anybody else would get a pass. But I'm trying to be a little conservative here he would be getting absolutely destroyed. This is shades of 2021 all over again when they just, it was Golden State. Like he was making silly throws and everybody just gave him a pass. And we're like, he has so many turnover worthy, uh, worthy yeah. throws this year. Why are people making an excuse for the guy? And then two things with the officials. Where was the, P- did you agree with that PI? I know he got him a little bit right here. Yeah, he grabbed him. Boy, oh boy. I mean, that's, well, but that, it's a spot foul again, which yeah. is just, and then how, how did the, officials on the field, there's a guy right down the sideline looking at the Cortland Sutton touchdown. And I had a many time yep. touchdown score. Sure, sure. How, how do you blow that? Yep. How do they call it an incomplete pass? And then how did it take whatever it was, six minutes in the replay? 
Yep. It's bada bing, bada boom, touchdown, we're moving forward. Well, I hate to be gloomy, Gus, but that shouldn't have counted because that was an atrocious roughing the passer penalty. It would have been fourth down and long. I mean, that, that's these, fair. These, that's guy, fair. these guys who come up with the rules never played the sport. Yeah. Where it's, I'm coming in as fast as I can, and then wait a second, I'm supposed to sack him and then brace myself with yeah. my left hand so I don't land on him, which that has also led to an injury before where the guy has yeah. hurt his hand. Break. Come on. It's impossible. You can't land on him. Oh, that was atrocious. Yeah, they never really thought that one through. I can't believe it's still a thing. No, but you're right. Go back to the Jets game. Horrible decisions in that year. Sure. But, you know, the guy's in the AFC title game every year, so uh, he gets a pass. So, but, you know, again, rest assured, they're fine. And if you didn't like that, just take advantage of it. If you have fatigue, bet them on futures. Uh, the other thing is, if, you, if you're unhappy with the product, pound the under. I, I still played under 30 and a half yesterday. I, no one, they're not scoring in this game. Denver can't do anything. And that got there as well. But they're going to be fine. And uh, they're probably going to win 12, 13 games again. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they take out the Chargers no problem next week as well. Well, the uh, prefer, uh, pros were all over that from Jump Street, right? The under in that game. Now, yes. the, the winds were supposed to be, I think, a little bit stronger than what yeah. they were last night. But the wind in the forecast was a big reason why. And that game had absolutely no chance to go over any number last night. And it came, you know, crashed down a good five, maybe even six points. The look-ahead number was KC6 against the Chargers. I would be intrigued by the Chargers if it goes to seven. Not a good spot. Yeah, and the Monday night you game. You got to play the Cowboys, yeah. right? And then you got the with travel, go to Arrowhead, and they'll have more rest. Yeah. That's a big rest advantage. Overall, though, really, really fun night in sports. The baseball game was awesome. And the craziest finish took place. It wasn't in the NFL. It wasn't in Major League Baseball. We have the details coming up next with win-lose here on VEASAN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. You can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Check out future events as well. Betting splits every game, vcin.com. All right, to the Sunday slate in the National Football League. We have another game across the pond as uh, Baltimore is taking on Tennessee. And uh, really good props up at DraftKings for this game and every game on the the slate. By the way, we'll get to some of the general props coming up in 15 minutes. But defensively, Paulie, when you're looking at this game and uh, Baltimore's a four-point favorite, the total is now 42. Are we going to get a lot of stops from the Tennessee side of the ball? Now a little bit susceptible to the running game because they have some injuries on the defensive front, which has always been a strength going back a, a handful of years with this team. And we all know how they have been pretty poor against the pass. And when you consider what the Ravens have been doing, what was it, 38 attempts by Lamar Jackson last week? They could have, could have, would have, should have. But if the receivers can hang on to the damn ball, they probably scored 35, 40 points last week. Yep. And it's an easy win and cover against the Steelers. Could have been a blowout. So if we get some pass-catching regression here, back to the mean for the Ravens, are we going to get many? And I know that these games over in London typically are lower scoring but are we going to get a lot of stops from Tennessee side? Hard to imagine, right? Because uh, it was all, you know, Baltimore just self-inflicted wounds and self, you know, doing the damage, what they did with all the drops, as you mentioned. There's a lot going on here. Number one, you have a team that left right away and another team that didn't. Yep. That's intriguing to me in light of what Buffalo did uh, Friday. And you saw how bad they looked to start out, which I can put you on Baltimore first quarter here. Baltimore has outscored their opponents 35 to three in the first quarter. Also, I, I'm, I'm betting this flowers prop over until it's, you know, they stop using them. I mean, he is second in receptions and he's third in yards for rookies, what he's done thus far. So they continue to throw to him and he would have put up big numbers if he didn't have the drops and he didn't fall down on the bomb against Pittsburgh. They actually are very good defensively. They're number two uh, in, in uh, defense and second fewest points allowed. So Lamar Jackson has been kind of weak as a favorite in covering numbers. You want Harbaugh as a dog, but I, I'm still anti-Tennessee. And as I, I was in August, I think the Ravens are going to win. I think they're going to be in a bad mood. They know they let one slip away. Not only did they blow that game against Pittsburgh, that division, they would have been a massive favorite to win that division. Yep. Because it would have started with three road wins. Sure. Now, I've watched Tennessee get back into football games by using the ground game when they're trailing. In fact, I uh-huh. lost a survivor bet on them a couple years ago when they were down by two touchdowns against Seattle. They never panicked, and they got back into that game by running the football at Derrick Henry. My mind was blown. Um, so you figure here, based on the game flow, where the Ravens are a four-point favorite – if they can establish their power offensively in this game and get out to a lead, do the Titans kind of still uh, you know, stick to that game plan by trying to get Henry and also Spears going? Or is this going to turn into, well, guys, we're down by 10 points now. Tannehill, yeah. you better go to work. 
and I really don't like my chances there with Tannehill. Uh, maybe garbage time if it's not in a neutral yeah. game state, meaning within seven points or one score. Maybe then, like the Ravens go to a little bit of a prevent, and Tannehill's able to, you know, throw the ball down the field, get Hopkins involved a little bit. But I can't trust this guy. He'll throw an INT or two in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. They're giving up 15 points per game, and Tennessee's only scored seven touchdowns. So. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to have a lot of success. And, and this Baltimore defense is getting it done. You can maybe point to the schedule and the quarterbacks they faced. You got the break with DTR. You know, Pickett and, and, and the Fire Canada chance every week. Yep. What's going on in Pittsburgh? Okay, I understand that. Um, but but still, I mean, to me, it, it Baltimore should get it done. I'm intrigued by uh, Spears' props with Tennessee. Yeah. Getting more and more playing time. The snap count is going up. And in a game like this, you figure, well – Trailing maybe a little bit here, and I think it's kind of baked into his number this week with some of the numbers that we've seen, but I think there's an opportunity here for Spears to really, and, you know, I play a lot of fantasy as well, and a lot of, like, deep dives on this are like, you got to pick this guy up. You, you got to go get Ty. He's like the number one guy you got to get this week. How about Baltimore leaving right away in Tennessee? I, I, I think that's, I mean, people are calling what the what the league did to the Bills last week, they were guinea pigs. <laughs> That's kind of well put, uh-huh. right? I like that phrase because it's never happened before. And Buffalo completely, un, you know, the luck of the draw there was terrible for them. And I think you have to, get, I mean, it takes a minute, right? To get acclimated when you're going to be traveling that far. I can't wait to see, we'll get into this game later on. I can't wait to see what's going to happen to Jacksonville yeah. over there for two weeks. Now they come back home for a game yeah. against a team that they've dominated. But I'm with you. I think that's a good call. Maybe Ravens first quarter, Ravens first half here in this spot. Well, this is, since you brought it up, I'll mention it right now because this is something to look into uh, next week and also this week with the other teams. 11 times a team has returned home from London without a bye. Every time the team has trailed or been tied in the fourth quarter. Hmm. And it happened again last week. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. So I think Every it's single now. time. So now it's 12. <laughs> that's, wow. that's nuts. All right. And uh, that's, that's Jacksonville here going against the Colts and... Yeah. And the Bills game, but the Bills are laying 20, you know, 27. But they're going to destroy the Giants, but okay. I should have my head examined. I did not lay the five, five and a half with the 49ers this week when we talked about it. Uh, I can't kill you. Well, I mean, that, you, you didn't know. Well, it's why, a why, so, who thought the guy would be out again? They just had the bye week. Well, they the, expected so, him to play that Friday. Oh, I know that. I and know. he missed the game against Baltimore. But he missed, and then all of a sudden he's missing a practice. Signs were pointing like he might not come back. We're talking about it like, hey, if, if it's not well, Deshaun Watson, what are you going to lay? And even if it was like, okay, so I lay five, five and a half, and it's going to be the Niners against Deshaun Watson, I'll take my chances. And now this ballooned up, touched ten and a half at some spots yesterday. Well, before it came back, and the total came all the way down to where it is right now, sitting on. at around thirty-five. It has all the makings. You're going against this ferocious defense, the best team in the league, and you just signed a guy off the street. Mm. Oh boy, can how we, much can he know? How much can he know? And and memorized and know the offense. I mean, that's another thing. Because it was like, okay, we'll, we'll get DTR in there, and he he's a disaster, and they can't do anything against the Ravens, so now it's P.J. Walker. Isn't this going to be a carbon copy of that game? Browns-Ravens? Uh, 28-3 sounds about right. Yeah, in that neighborhood? Yeah. Where right. if you, if you want to lay like some alt-unders in this game, because the Cleveland yeah. defense is obviously still really, really good, coming off of a bye week here as well. Or if you... I don't know. It's too late to probably lay out numbers, but we're 
or alternate point spreads available on Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't think they come out that early. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, again, multiple reports that uh, P.J. Walker's the guy, and you saw the move from five up to uh, 11, 10 and a half, and yeah. then a big move on the under as well. And San Francisco's won 15 in a row in the regular season. They scored 30 points or more in eight in a row. Since McCaffrey was, uh, when McCaffrey starts, they're 17 and one straight up. And then Purdy hasn't lost a game when he's, no. when he's played three quarters. So good luck. And I'll give you this too. Some of this is uh, Stefanski, not all of it, but some. The Cleveland Browns are 110 and one ATS in their last 12 post bye week games. Really? Yeah. Now, this number, again, it ballooned up now. And so you don't want to, you know, be fired. I know. But PJ, it's how, come on. Come on, Paul. We're going to be watching this game on Sunday. Like, what are we doing here? This guy's in the league against this defense. You know it's going to be yeah. vile and nasty. Yeah, it's not fair. Would this go for, what was this? This was 41 down to 36 now, the total. Where are we at? 40, yeah, 30, got to big 30, move on yep. the total, right. Yep. So this is, not to mention how good Cleveland's defense is, though, too. Where it's, that could be the other angle. If Walker takes care of the ball, you know, how... I want to see what the Niners do offensively. Cleveland's allowing 22% conversion rate on third down, and they've allowed six red zone attempts on the season. Yeah, and maybe that's how so, they get a cover here, and they somehow keep it close, is if can they actually do something? Will Purdy turn the ball, ball over in this game? Is it happening in this game? For the doubters yeah. out there, for the Brock... So even with Watson missing one game so far, you factor that in, but also all the games that he's played... Like the total EPA per play for the Browns offensively, they rank 30th or below in some key categories. And they're taking on this defense, which is elite, as we all know. So it's. Anyway, I don't have five in my pocket. I'll stop pissing and moaning about it right now. Well, it's a killer for the Browns. I mean, if this guy can't get healthy and can't get in there quick, uh-huh. and now it's you, you, you come off the bye and he still can't play. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know when he's going to talk to the media. I'd like to get some information on this. What's going on? Exactly right. A, the Panthers are playing against the Dolphins. This is a huge number as well this week. Miami lane 13 and a half in this spot. Did you know that the Dolphins are 52 and 24 ATS at home since 2014? That's 68.4%. They're also 24 and 14 ATS versus non-conference foes in that same time frame. That's 63%. All these numbers are available. Steve Mackinnon writes about it every single week. Go check it out at vcin.com. Click on NFL and home, and you're going to be able to toggle through all the stories. And Mackinnon has great numbers again this week. Well, they're trying to simplify the offense for Bryce Young. That's one thing. The other thing, I love Adam Thielen over 57.5 at DraftKings. Look at his game log. He has been the go-to guy. That is, To me, that's stealing. Adam Thielen's not going to have 60 yards. Not to mention, they could be down 21 points in the third quarter. Throw, throw, throw. Yep. Throw. I mean, and Miami's that's... defense is not great so far. That's right. they got to flip it around. They also have a very poor special teams at this point. They're 30th in DVOA and special teams. Not good. Up next, very creative. Week 6 props at DraftKings. First play from scrimmage props. Will we get another shutout? Will we see a game winning field goal as time expires? All coming up here on VEASAN. This is Follow the Money on VEASAN. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. This is huge. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. 
and Chernoff's going to give out so many picks and props coming up in half an hour. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, see who has the hot hand, pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, dog videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today, $19, for your first month at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We'll talk prop betting here. Gilles Gallant is kind enough to wake up early with us on a Friday. Talk some uh, NFL and touchdown score props, uh, INT props as well. Gilles, uh, he's with Action Network. Good to talk to you today. How are you? Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. And uh, as a dad, uh, there are no... uh, Early mornings, I guess it's just kind of one of those things that where you're awake uh, first thing in the morning, whether you want to be or not. So happy to join you. <laughs> OK, very cool. Understood. Um, have you been I know the answer to this probably, but have you been blindly betting Christian McCaffrey to score touchdowns um, since he joined San Francisco? And can you explain where people would be at unit wise if they've been doing so since he came over from Carolina? Sure. Yeah. So generally, um, I tend to stick steer clear of minus odd touchdown props just because of the volatility of the market, you know, injuries, game script. There's just so much that can go against you. But Christian McCaffrey is bucking that trend. So he has played now 16 regular season games as a 49er, and he has scored in 13 of them. Now, the juice typically for a touchdown score for Christian McCaffrey is minus 200 or more. So if you would just blindly bet one unit on Christian McCaffrey each game that he's been a 49er, you'd be up about 5.8 units in profit. Not exactly great returns, but for a player who is just playing unreal right now, uh, it's really hard to ignore. So he's one of those guys that for minus touchdown score odds, it's kind of one of those bucking the trend and you have to let go of the expectation that these will regress. Yeah, I mean, think about that for a second here. And this year, what is it uh, through five games for McCaffrey, if you bet him every single week, where is he at in terms of how many units you'd be ahead? Sure. Yeah. It's about 2.9 units in profit. I mean, we saw that game versus the Giants where he was over minus 300 for an anytime touchdown score. And I hadn't seen that since Derrick Henry's offensive player of the year uh, when he went for over 200 yards, like in week 18, broke the 2000 yard mark against the Texans. And that was the last time that was a couple of years ago. So again, very unprecedented stuff for uh, Christian McCaffrey. So think about that, Paulie. Every game so far this year, and you're only up 2.9 units. He's, I see yeah. DraftKings has a minus 175 this week. I can't believe it's that low. Because there's also it's a part, be- well, part of this handicap, too, is they want to get him the record. They just they did got the team record with Jerry Rice. They're, they're well aware that he can get the NFL record, and they're trying to get, him, get it to him every single week and give him plenty of opportunities. Yeah, and this team is a little tricky, too, because it could be – Christian McCaffrey's week, it could be Ayuk's week, it could be Debo's week, if Eli Mitchell comes back and then he could get a lot of run as well. So that's what's so tricky, but he's still, again, being the most efficient player right now in the NFL. That's why he's being considered for NFL uh, most valuable player and right now is the favorite for offensive player of the year. Who has been sneaky good to you this year that's been under the radar, not a Christian McCaffrey type where you're going to be laying this kind of juice, but as you said, I'm like you, Gilles, I don't I don't look at uh, odds on favorites to score touchdowns. I won't even consider them, actually. I only want to do plus odds when it comes to anytime touchdowns. A uh, player or two that you've liked so far this year or that are just, you know, cashing at uh, a pretty good rate and you're up, you know, a lot of units so far betting on that player. Sure, yeah. So one guy that really surprised me was the Rams running back, Kyron Williams, because coming into the year, it seemed to be like it was going to be Cam Akers' show. And then week one, he just went off. Now, he hasn't scored uh, just this past week, but he has really been efficient in this offense. I think the Rams in general surprised me as well, just how efficient they were on offense. Now they're getting Cooper Cup back. 
it's difficult to get Kyron Williams at decent odds now because he's probably around plus 110, plus 120. But at the start of the year, you were getting around plus 250. So it was uh, a great aspect there. The other one that was a really nice hit for me was this past week, uh, the classic one catch, one yard, one touchdown, where I bet Tom, <laughs> where I bet Tommy Tremble for a plus 2,000 for an anytime touchdown with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, God, that's phenomenal. Great job. Congratulations. <laughs> why do you like him, and are you going to bet him again this week? Yeah, so with him, it was more about the snap counts increasing and also the matchup and then also just the odds discrepancy because when you're betting touchdown scores, you're going to see a wide range of odds for oh, a yeah. lot of different players. So, for example, for him, he was around 20 to 1, but then you look at a lot of other books and he's around 10 to 1, and that was such a huge odds discrepancy, mm-hmm. especially with a guy who had caught three touchdowns last year that I had to bet it. Yep, excellent point. Uh, just look at last night with Tony, first touchdown of the game. You saw as low as nine, you saw as high as, as 17. I like that you do this too. You tweeted it out as well. This to me is fascinating with the quarterback prop with yes, no interception. Uh, now, how many guys, I mean, you, you did less McCaffrey territory two years ago with Winston when he threw 30 of them. And I think he at the end, he was like $3 to throw a pick every week. How many guys every week you have to lay juice to throw an interception? Sure. I, I think I look at it in the other way of how many guys actually have plus money each week. And it's a range okay. of about 12 to 14 guys each week. So if you just did the math then you know, you've got 16 to 18 on the other side. So uh, with me every week, I tweet this out on every Friday where I go through the all the odds and I say, OK, here are all the odds for plus money quarterbacks to throw an interception. Who is going to do it this week? And it's a nice little feedback. People like to be able to chime in and, and you know, just be able to. But the guy that I've seen the most uh, and so far, he leads all quarterbacks for interception uh, profits is Daniel Jones at plus three point six units. He's got six interceptions this year. You've got like it's a lot of uh passing high end passing offenses like right now the top five in profits for quarterback interception props are daniel jones jimmy garoppolo tua jalen hurts and justin fields and what do all five of those have in common they're all they all have pass attempts higher from a career standpoint this is the highest pass attempts per game that they're looking at right now they're projected to finish with the most pass attempts per game and i know it sounds very simple from a logic standpoint but the more you throw the more likely an interception is going to happen Okay, have you been riding any of those guys at all this year? Oh, absolutely. Daniel Jones. I mean, I don't want to sound like a Giants hater because I am a Cowboys fan. But again, at the same time, uh, especially with him last year, because he had only thrown six interceptions, it was very tricky to see where we, where this was going because you would see interception odds around plus 160, plus 170. And you're like, okay, this doesn't make sense because he's not really a turnover-prone quarterback. You have Saquon and other aspects where you can just hand the ball off. I'm not really understanding the odds. And then here he goes, continuing to make mistakes and look more like the Danny Dimes that we're used to in the first couple years uh, being in the NFL. But with plus money quarterbacks, what I tend to do, guys, is I – I'm very careful where I I don't bet like big amounts of money, but I am just kind of putting equal amounts. Like let's say if you it's 10 bucks or a pizza bet, you just put 10 bucks per um, plus money quarterback. And I'm just slowly gaining profits as the year goes on. So this year, plus money quarterback interception props are 38 and 35. Now that winning percentage doesn't sound like much, but that's at minus 110 odds. These ones you're getting around plus 120 to plus 180. So as a result, if you're just blindly taking them all, you'd be up 10.2 units in profit. And I thought, okay, this might be a one-off, but this has actually been going on since the start of last year. Last season, same thing, 81 and 75 for the season. But if you had just blindly taken them all, you'd be up 24 units in profit. That's a great job out of you. So this is something that you recognized 
And uh, I'm guessing then it was your plan to attack this market from week one and bet it as long as it was profitable. And here you are right through five weeks and it's still spitting out money. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's gone so far. So through five weeks, we've only had one losing week and it was probably around minus 1.4 units and where it would finish, you know, six and eight for the week kind of thing. But every week Mm. it's been slowly bringing back profits. And then interception props in general, one of the things that I generally like to consider is I don't really like, I don't think an interception prop should be over plus 150. That's my opinion. Mm. But, and the reason being is if you look at the, uh, it's a small sample, but this year there's been 11 games where there's been a quarterback that's been priced over plus 150 for an interception. Well, it's eight and three this year. And the only ones that didn't hit was Brock Purdy. It's 0-3 when Brock Purdy is over plus 150 for an interception. Every other one is hit. So generally for me, I like to just kind of hammer that. Um, And also like one plus money interception prop is coming up for week week six that I think it's my favorite one so far this year is, and this is the golden boy of the rookie of the year race. I think CJ Stroud is going to throw an interception versus the Saints. And one of the reasons I'm on this is because, and again, I don't like to bet with the do factor, but Our predictive analytics team, especially like Nick Giffen and Sean Kerner and Billy Ward here at Action Network, right now they have uh, tracked bad ball rate where, you know, uh, so C.J. Stroud is near the top of the NFL with 16 bad balls thrown. So by their account, he is the luckiest quarterback right now for turnover luck in the NFL. Uh, So no interceptions with 16 bad balls thrown. But then you have this Texans offense that's top seven in pass attempts, but he is bottom seven in completion percentage. And they're facing a Saints team that has gets a good pressure rate from their defensive line. They force seven interceptions already this year, at least uh, four in five games this year. I mean, even the game where Baker Mayfield looked elite against them, they still forced an interception. So C.J. Stroud, I think this is the week where uh, I, I think he turns into a pumpkin and we see an interception on the Saints defense. That is excellent. I love the analysis. You can follow Jill on Twitter. He's at GDawg, D-A-W-G 5000. He's also with Action Network. That flew by, man. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate that. Best of luck this weekend. Cheers, gentlemen. Talk to you again soon. Be good. Great job. Uh, That's awesome. Great breakdown. Yes. Uh, Eight and three. Purdy's the only guy. Plus 150 or more on the INT props. How about that? Hmm. Uh, More NFL coming up next. Um, If you miss Sal Palantonio with us this week, he's calling his shot this weekend. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're live in downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, I love this half an hour. Look forward to it every single week. Adam Chernoff joins the program now, longtime friend of the show. Great NFL handicapper. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap. And he uh, provides a lot of free co- uh, content at the Right Angle Sports app as well. Good morning, Adam. How are you today? Good morning. I love this half an hour, too. I'm glad we're on the same page here after four years. It's a lot of fun. Let's begin. <laughs> and I know some of your thoughts from listening to the Simple Handicap podcast this week. I know some of your thoughts on the early London game that we have between Baltimore and Tennessee. You're expecting points in this game. Tell us why. Okay, do we want to go kind of prop angle first or do we want to go prep angle first? How do we want to get into this? There's some fun things to talk about. Let's go the game first, then dive into, uh, you know, break it down into the props. All right. I I think it's the best betting London game we've had maybe ever. I think there's a lot of ways you can look at this. So so from the game angle first, I think the way that the Ravens approaching this week uh, is really, really noteworthy. So John Harbaugh did an interview with Jeff Zrebeck, who covers the Baltimore Ravens. And there was like this two-page, full, in-depth article about how in the summer, Harbaugh hired a staff specifically to prep for this game in London. And the reason was because he circled it at the start of the season, because in like 2017 or 2018, they went to London, played the Jags, and lost by like 40 points. So Harbaugh's like, we're not doing that again. We're getting this right. We're hiring people to look into the science. We're going to all these levels of detail. And then the article talked about how they had guys hired to make sure the Wi-Fi connections in the hotel rooms were up to Ravens player standards. Like it was just the Ravens have been prepping for this game for like four months <laughs> to get it right. They're the first team to leave immediately after a Sunday game. So they finished the Steelers, wrapped up all the media, got in the plane, went over to London. They've had like the full on prep week in London that no other team has ever done in the same fashion they have. On the other side, you have a Titans team. They're not even there yet. We're talking right now. They're on a plane somewhere just about to arrive. They're following the Bills strategy that Buffalo did last week and clearly got off to a very slow start. But when you kind of put all that together and you look at the matchup, what makes me think that not only can the Ravens have a good game, but we'll see probably a lot of points in this game. The Ravens offensive line is intact for the first time 
since week one. And in week one, they got beat up. But you have Moses back at practice, full strength. You have Ronnie Stanley back, full strength. So this is going to be the first time we've really seen the Todd Munkin offense, how Todd Munkin intends it to be. And if we think back to the summer, it's spacing, spreading guys out, more passing, Lamar running in space. And Lamar in the press conference this week said, last week represented the identity of what we want to be. He threw the ball 38 times. You think about the Titans defense, very much a pass funnel defense because of how good they are against the run. However, to sort of wrap this up, their best run stopping defender, Tart, in the middle of the defensive line, he hasn't practiced this week. So it's expected that he misses. He missed last week, and Zach Moss went up and down the field on this Titans defense. And so all of this coming together, it's just everywhere you kind of look at this from the prep, from the matchup, from how these two teams face off against each other, from the Ravens' increased pass rate. I think we got a lot of points in this game. I think the Ravens look good. Pauly, I know you like the Zay Flowers over. I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. He's playing 98% of snaps. His depth of targets increasing. He's at 58 and a half. That's too low this morning. You can get a better number too. Uh, Lots of things to look at. Fun Sunday to wake up, have your breakfast. You're going to see a lot of points. You're going to see Flowers with a big game. Uh, Fun one to begin the week on Sunday morning. He's gone over his prop every game but one. In the game he stayed under, he had 10 targets. And he has a monster game last week if he doesn't fall down on the bomb and have the drop on the first drive. So he's going to get plenty. So he's 98% of snaps. He's more than 150 snaps than any other wide receiver. He's running a ton of routes, and he's over 10 yards on average depth of target, and he's being priced in the 50s for a Ravens team that wants to pass more with an offensive line that's finally healthy against the Titans' pass funnel defense. And so – I, a lot of things pointing to this going over for sure. I'm Beautiful. right there with you and fully agree. Okay, so now you have the other angle where Jacksonville looked great, back-to-back games in London. They're now at home against the Colts, who they've owned ATS uh, and straight up at home. What do you think of this one now as it's Minshew for Indianapolis? So I, I think Minshew for Indianapolis matters. Last week on the show, we talked about how Anthony Richardson leading the league in explosive plays on offense. We talked about Shane Steichen and his play calling. But for those viewers who were really listening to the breakdown, we also mentioned how Shane Steichen wasn't changing the offense. In the times that Minshew had come in, Steichen was still having him run the zone read. And And that really doesn't play into what Minshew is as a quarterback. And I think the reason that there wasn't a change specifically for the Baltimore game was because Steichen didn't look at Richardson's injury as long term. And so there wasn't going to be a big shift. Now it's obviously long term. Richardson may be out the rest of the season based on some of how these reports are coming out. And so my question is. What is Shane Steichen going to change this offense into? There's a lot of familiarity between him and Gardner Minshew. And where where I just don't agree with this number coming down, this was five and a half, we're down to four, is if that's coming down because there's an anticipated bump that Gardner Minshew is better than Anthony Richardson, I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. You can look at this two ways. The first way is if you just pull all the quarterback stats and you look at the numbers, Minshew this season He's looked really well. Like he's performed great. He's made some great passes, gets the ball up very quickly. But the one game where he was a planned starter, that Ravens game, it was ugly for four quarters. Wasn't good. All of those numbers are being propped up by Minshew coming in relief. And we see it league-wide. Anytime that that happens and you get a backup quarterback coming in who's so different from what the defense game planned for, 
In the case of defenses preparing to face a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, who's a matchup like no other, then you get this extreme change to Minshew. Anytime that that happens anywhere in the league, we see that quarterback look a lot better than he is. And so I think now with the full week to prep, the Jags defense quietly getting a lot better. They're top 12 in the league. And that offense for Jacksonville, it was just a lot of bad luck early. I'll lay the four here with the Jags and go against this move. Uh, it's come down. I just, I don't fully agree with it. Okay. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Chernoff, our guest, his podcast is called The Simple Handicap. What do you make of uh, the situation in Cleveland? Deshaun Watson ruled out again this week. He's not going to play. It's going to be P.J. Walker and not DTR. And uh, where this number was earlier in the week, and uh, if you bet the Niners minus five, five and a half, uh, you got to love this where it's going. But is it too high at this point? Books are still showing 10 in some spots, Adam. Injury news this whole season, guys, has been really weird and oddly reported. And part of that's been Rappaport has been wrong at a historically high rate for him. Like you can almost not really even take his tweet seriously at this point for how much stuff he's got incorrect from early week to kickoff, which is really weird because of how plugged in he is into all of these teams. And so that's caused a lot of these injury alert services to send out some really bad info early in the week and have that come back against them late in the week. Uh, We've certainly been burned by a couple of those already. So that's been weird. But to take that sort of weirdness to the next level on Tuesday, out of the bye, the Cleveland Browns felt the need to come out and say like, Hey, by the way, if Watson can't go, we're actually going to go to PJ Walker instead of DTR. And that came came over the the news wire at like 9.30 on Tuesday morning. So it wasn't a practice day. It wasn't supposed to be a planned media day, but the Browns felt the need to come out and say that. And so as soon as that came out, everyone was kind of like, why, why Tuesday, right? And of course, now we see Thursday, it's already a full injury report yesterday where Watson's ruled out. And so this is really interesting because the way that this game was setting up based on everything that we heard and sort of anticipated was if that game got to five earlier in the week and there was Watson not ruled out, but you didn't get that Tuesday news, I really think the Browns were going to be bet by some pros. I'm very confident this number was going to come in. It was going to be the Niners on the look ahead spot. It was going to be the San Francisco offensive line being tested by the Browns defensive front. It was going to be a weather game where that was going to slow everything down as is. You were going to have a ground game in Cleveland that could have found success as well against this Niners defensive front that's a lot weaker against the run than they are against the pass, right? It was all kind of setting up for this this buy low spot, the Browns out of the buy as well. That news on Tuesday completely flipped it. And so just that weird report slowed everything down. And yesterday, once we saw this number get just slightly above 10, circa where you guys are, went to 10 and a half. There was another offshore that went to 10 and a half. It did not last. And so I don't know if we see the full sort of original position that was going to happen on the Browns at five now come in at 10 with the step from Watson to Walker. I think you can easily justify that it has moved too far especially when you're looking at this total that's at 36 and a half. I don't know if it's going to be that big move. And just because of how popular Niners are probably going to be in teasers, but looking at this number right now, it's a brutal one, but you got to take the Browns plus 10. Uh, I think that that extra drop off here on top of where this was, remember it opened three and a half. We're now far way removed. DTR is not looking good at all. PJ Walker, not much better, but boy, at 10 here with this short of a total in a win game, 
you got to take the points in this. It's ugly, but Browns plus 10. Also too late to get involved with the total, you think? Yes, that's come down too far. Uh, Wind's going to be bad. Rain's going to be bad, but it's come down too far for sure. But side, take the Browns plus 10. All right, follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, Adam Chernoff, our guest, again, podcast is called The Simple Handicap. He also provides a lot of free content on the Right Angle Sports app throughout the entire week, especially on game day as well, which is uh, always a great read. We'll continue with one more segment here, a bunch of other games to go over. And uh, what Adam picked up this week from some other press conferences, Paulie, and one that you and I talked about as well, specifically like the Panthers and Miami, Dolphins laying a huge number here. What's the approach to that game? And does he want a piece of the Patriots this week after that stink bomb again last weekend? This is Follow the Money on VSIN. NBA season tips off the 24th. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get the all new NBA betting guide, up to date previews on every team, futures, and year long player props, live betting strategies. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the VSIN NBA betting guide. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. VSIN.com slash subscribe. We continue with Adam Chernoff every single Friday here on the show. Excellent at uh, handicapping, analyzing the NFL's podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Okay, so the press conference that we've talked about a handful of times so far, uh, we played a little bit of it earlier this week, Adam, was the Frank Reich press conference head coach of Carolina. They're huge dogs this week to Miami. Uh, basically calling out the owner. As Paulie has said, he basically said it without saying it. Yeah, we were going to go Stroud. And then the owner stepped in. He said, these are not fun conversations. What did you make of that? And what do you make of this matchup that we have on Sunday? So my stance on this, I've been just, I've had a weird Panthers stance that's been firm for like three months at this point. My stance on all of this is Frank Reich is clinging to relevance by having this head coaching job because he's refusing to relinquish play calling duties to Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator who is behind him and far more qualified to call offensive plays than what Frank Reich is at this age and point in his lifetime. And you look league wide, right guys? Like I don't have to point this out as like an obvious thing. All the great offenses in the NFL with the one exception being Andy Reed, who's an all time great head coach, play caller, play designer, they're all trending younger. They're all modern focused. They're all offensive focused, right? Like Frank Reich is in a category that is not having a lot of success right now from like a head coaching profile. And behind him, you have a very suitable candidate in Thomas Brown, who when he got the second halves in the preseason, the offense looked night and day versus what the Panthers have. And so whether it was the quarterback switch that they wanted Stroud, they got stuck with Young, whatever it might be, I really think that Reich is way over his head. He needs to give up the play calling duties. Give him to Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown will be able to get these wide receivers open. It's been a struggle. They got to make that switch. I'm hoping it's another offensive clunker for the Panthers. Then they're forced to do it in the bye. Brown gets his rightful shot coming out of the bye, and they have three winnable games to sort of make something of this season. But that switch has to happen. Reich has to get out of here. Uh, He just has no place calling plays right now. Now they're simplifying the offense for Bryce Young. And from also from a prop angle, I love Thielen over. I can't believe he's in the mid-50s. Uh, 13 targets last week. He had 11 for 107. And then he had 76, 145, and 54. I also have the garbage time angle, too, where if they're down sure. big, they're forced to throw. 
Garbage time angle is real. That's where they're doing a lot. Last week, two 75-yard touchdown drives. It's a two-man offense right now. It's Thielen and Chark. That's who you're getting. Mingo's lingering on the side, but you look at the snap share, those two guys are 95% plus. They're getting all of the routes. I actually looked this morning because I thought we were going to go here with Thielen. I don't disagree. I haven't bet Thielen, though, but I was looking at Chark, who, for a guy that plays 98% of snaps and is now healthy and getting a ton of routes, 30 and a half caught me off guard as a number. Um, okay. That stood out to me. I don't know what you make of Chark, but mm-hmm. that's something that maybe I could counter with there to that Thielen point. Okay, fair enough. Sounds good. What caught your attention with a Dobbs press conference? Rams up to seven at home. Uh, McVeigh 11 and two ATS run against Arizona. So it was an unprovoked question. Dobbs just went into it about the offense specifically. And he said after the game, he pulled out his phone. He texted Michael Wilson, the rookie, who's wide receiver number two for the Arizona Cardinals. And he's like, Mike, I can't have you not getting your first target until the fourth quarter. We got to switch that. We got to get you more involved. And he went into like this 45 second rant within the press conference about how Michael Wilson wasn't getting enough targets early in the game. And so Marquise Brown, rightfully so, he's playing 95-plus percent of snaps, is now the number one within this offense. He's being priced around 61, 62 and a half yards. This is the highest number we have seen for Brown all season long. Wilson has been a guy that's been in the mid-30s. And so let's see where his number settles. I would say right now on the show, if you can get better than 40 with Michael Wilson, which I think you will be able to, that would be a bet. I'm not going to give it out on the show right now and count it towards the newsletter of the bet just because it's not widely available. But I really think you have to look at Michael Wilson, the number two wide receiver for the Cardinals against this Rams defense, especially now that James Conner's out of the way. That's going to shift the Cardinals into passing even more. And I certainly think they're going to be trailing here. But uh, pretty noteworthy comment there from Dobbs, the QB. All right. Excellent. Uh, Mitch made a good point earlier about how many Patriot fans, if they're still coming out, I'm sure they'll, they'll go to the pool, but won't go to the game now. It's been so bad. Hold your nose here. What do you think of New England catching three out here against the Raiders? Uh, give me the Patriots plus three. I think they have the chance to pull the upset, too. Uh, I, I would say right now you're looking at it this morning. You have to put this at minus 120. I think that would be playable. It's coming a little bit, but we'll say three uh, plus three minus 120 is the bet. When I look at this specifically, the Raiders defense has been kind of a point of focus for me from a betting perspective. The way that they play is incredibly conducive to unders. They play extreme off coverage. They don't want to concede the explosive play. In fact, they're best in the NFL at not allowing explosive plays because of how soft they play in off coverage. They're also very poor against the run. You think about who the Patriots have played, guys. It's been a brutal schedule. Don't get me wrong. The offense has been atrocious, but they've played some of the best defenses in the NFL through the first five weeks. They've played a lot of defenses that get up at the line of scrimmage, play some press coverage, can really take these wide receivers out of the game. The Raiders don't do any of that. And the logical thing within this handicap would be like, okay, the Raiders don't do that, but they can certainly change and adjust to face this uh, Patriots offense that's so bad and has been so putrid. Like, surely Patrick Graham is going to make the changes. The crazy thing is Patrick Graham doesn't change on a week-to-week basis, and they're winning. The Raiders have won two games playing this defensive style, including just doing it on Monday night against the Packers Mm -hmm. offense that was really struggling as well. Got pretty lucky there for how that game played out. But 
you now have the Raiders adjusted up. They were picking them at open. They're now up to a field goal favorite. It's on the short week. Desperation time for Belichick and the Pats going up against his old staff mate and Josh McDaniels. I think the Patriots finally get the ground game going. I think the way the Raiders play defense allows them to find some success with receivers. It's a tough one, like you said, but let's go Pats plus three in this game. Follow the money here. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Chernoff, our guest. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Adam Chernoff, and his podcast is called The Simple Handicap. What's going to happen with the ball distribution with the Vikings? Uh, potential weather game here on the road against the Bears. No Justin Jefferson. And I'm looking at the three main targets for Kirk Cousins right now, Adam. Osborne is basically 39 and a half. I think there's a 42 and a half out there right now. Yep, Addison is. is between 51 and a half and 53 and a half. And Hawkinson looks to be 54 and a half across the board. Okay, I think Books got this right. And it was surprising because early in the week, we talked last segment about the alert services and how they've been off with a lot of the injury stuff. On Monday, there was an article after the Jefferson news was kind of made official in The Athletic. And it was just speculative that K.J. Osborne would step in and be the X wide receiver, the main guy within this offense. And there were a lot of people who were kind of tuned in. They were like, hold on a minute. This is going to be Jordan Addison. This is not going to be K.J. Osborne as the number one guy. And then sure enough, on the Thursday press conference, we see head coach O'Connell come out and he says, we're going to hit the gas with Addison this weekend, kind of confirming that, like, this is the number one guy now who can step in and try his best to replace Justin Jefferson. So they got the books got it right. Addison's about 12 yards higher. Addison's now at a career high. Obviously, he's played five games so far. Uh, he's priced as high as we have seen him all season. Osborne got the bump, too. What I question within this, Justin Jefferson was a 95 to 100 yard guy in terms of his prop price per week. We don't get anywhere near that adjustment with these two guys bumped up and we're not seeing a lot of other guys listed. So there's kind of a lot of yardage here that's left unaccounted for mm -hmm. and numbers this week suppressed a little bit because of the wind within Chicago. That could certainly play a factor, uh, but there's still probably room for Addison to increase uh, from his prop price in weeks going forward. So uh, the win gives me a little bit of hesitance here, but sure. Addison at 52 and a half would be a look to the over 60 seconds, Detroit and Tampa three point move on the under. Let's see what happens with Goff on the road against a team that plays a lot of cover two and a Todd Bowles defense that can blitz and get a lot of pressure. Um, that's typically been a spot where Goff struggles. You look at this price, and it's very tempting to lay Detroit, thinking about where these two teams might end up three, four, five weeks down the road. But it's just as much as I may want to with Detroit, uh, just can't get there because of these situations. It's just a defense and a spot and a style that Goff has struggled with his entire career. St. Brown comes back off the injury report. Is he going to be close to 100%? He's going to need to be because... That's the guy who can really take advantage of these linebackers for the Bucs who really get aggressive. So uh, was tempted by it all week. Just can't do it with the Lions. I think it's a, a tricky spot for Goff historically. Excellent as always, my man. Thanks so much for the time. Best of luck this week. We appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy week six. There you go. Adam Chernoff. Again, podcast called The Simple Handicap and does a lot of uh, free content as well with the Right Angle Sports app on the phone. Up next, win some, lose some, and we'll uh, discuss what's next for the Chiefs and Broncos after last night's clash at Arrowhead.
There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.